BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are tuned into the library with Tim Inico. Rapstation.com. Ten years ago, I used to listen to rappers flow. Talking about the way they rock the mic at the disco. I like how that shit was going down. Dreamt about ripping the mic with my own sound. So I tried to write rhymes something like them. My boy said, that ain't you, Ike. That shit sounds like him. So I sat back, thought up a new track. My next guest has probably heard every introduction about himself possible, so I'll keep this one short. He's simply a legend, and this year I'll headline the Sirius XM Backspin Presents the Art of Rap Festival Tour, along with artists such as Public Enemy and Naughty by Nature. He's Ice-T, and I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Einenkel on rapstation.com. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, Tim, what's happening? Thank you so much for joining us in, in your house, thanks, hey, yeah, thanks. Yeah, 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 thank you for bringing the, the studio to my house, man, you know, we, I had a, sh- I, I got, I got to get out, leave town soon, so I, you were like, ice, I got to get this interview, and I'm like, come on, let's do it, come over to the crib, and you did it, so if you guys hear anything in the background, that's Spartacus and Maximus probably breathing loud, but we're, we're my home. True, true. <laughs> so I want to start, Ice, I want to start out with. Uh, on your podcast, Final yes. Level, you talk about how you, you you like to reflect on your, you talk about your music and how you used to use it or you still might use it as a way to deter as a deterrent. Uh, you would like have a story about a bad guy and ultimately something bad would happen to absolutely. You. Well, well, when when I started rapping, really, I was deep into Iceberg Slim, and um, I read his books and I was able to read through the pimping into the warning warnings he was given about the game, about drug addiction, about losing contact with his mother. Just all these things that I call the B side of the game. Like we can always always talk about being the biggest drug dealer, the biggest gangster, but how many funerals have you gone to? Or do you know what it's really like to have people after you? You know, I mean I've lived a life at a part of my life where people would threaten my life and you say they say on site, man, we're going to kill you. So you have to, in my music, I always wanted to show both sides of the game. Like the, there is a flamboyant side to it, but there's a horrific B side to the game. So when I would write records, I would always hit the floss of the hustle, but always end up with the pain. Like one of my first records was it's fun in the beginning, but it's pain in the end. Because that's the truth. That's the truth. Anybody that tells you that you're going to go out here and be some career criminal and get away with it and you're not going to suffer any tragedy is, is an absolute liar. Somebody close to you is going to die or get killed. Um, it's, it's, it's not all floss. So that was my style of rap. 
as you continue to make music and you obviously are very successful not just in as an artist a rap artist but also as an actor as a promoter you know as you continue to make music are you do you still approach your music the same way yeah honestly like you know i did a record called uh with body count called invincible gangster where we played the gangster that you know will never die you know and the hook was invincible gangster, you know, and it was a way of saying, look, dude, you know, you're not invincible. And in, in my, one of my biggest records, OG, I say, you know, uh, that, you know, go when you go in the joint, you'll be coming out feet first, meaning dead. Like there's no invincible gangsters. And I've just always tried to be really honest with my music. I knew that, you know, I could go out there and I could shock people and put a portray some fakeness, but those songs always turned me the wrong way. Whenever I would hear people talk and I was like, really? Mm. It just made me feel weird about it. And also, I'm held accountable. A lot of my friends are in prison. A lot of my boys that were really out on the streets with me in prison, and they were like, Ice, don't lie. Like, you lived such a wild life and you had such an illustrious career. There's no need to lie or embellish it. Just tell the truth. So I've always tried to be real honest, but uh, I also write a style I call faction, which is fictional stories using factual situations. So I'm mixing fact and fiction together, but I'm not trying to steer anybody wrong. I think that's the key to mine. I don't want anybody to listen to one of my records and say, man, I was listening to you and I got in trouble. I'd rather have people say I was listening to you and I got out of trouble. Mm. I got out of drugs. I changed my life. That was always my goal as a person. Uh, one thing I really, uh, one thing that fascinates me about your career and what you've done is that you're, you're, you're an artist of many, as I mentioned, as many uh, subsets. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're a rapper, you're an MC, you're an actor, you're a podcaster, you're an author. Um, and the public knows the artist Ice T, but there's also Tracy, the man, yeah, right? Yes, sir. Um, what is the major difference between Ice T and Tracy? But also, how do you separate these two? Well, Tracy has pretty much accomplished what he set out to do. As a person, I just wanted to get out of trouble, and I was looking for a lane. Now, this is coming from somebody who was not trying to get out of trouble who thought that through the hustle of the streets, he could be successful. I just figured I'm going to be the biggest gangster, the biggest thief or whatever, and I would retire. Like, I was dumb. And then what happened was all my friends who I admired went to prison or got killed. And they told me, dude, you have another lane. Take it. Don't take this one. You don't want to sit up in here with us. Mm. You're free. So here comes hip-hop. And I'm like, well, what am I going to rap about? You know, I may not even be the best rapper. But then it just hit me. It's like you have an arsenal of information that most people don't have about the game. You've been out there on the front lines. Use that. So I add that. Take my Iceberg Slim influences. And if you really listen to my music, you almost got to listen to them like books. Like it's, it's documentation. It's stories. It's not party shit it's it's you know i was just listening to one of my records called the lane today that you guys played on rap station and i was like it pretty much broke the game down all the way so 
I wanted out. Now, as options came, whether it be acting, I knew my other option was the penitentiary. So I tried to act my motherfucking ass off. I just, I just tried my best. I would apply myself to it. When you say podcast, I'm like, well, I want to try to have the best podcast. I know that every one of these lanes I take steer me away from the nonsense and the bull. So now Tracy is like doing okay. I mean, I'm not Bill Gates, but I'm, I've, I've hit a level of success where I'm comfortable and I'm just chilling it, it really mentally. Now, Ice T, when I make music, I have to drop back into that other Ice T and continue to teach and preach and come from that perspective of, you know, so all the time, like I'm telling my, my wife all the time, I'm like, you know, you got to be careful about this. You got to be careful like this. And at some point I have to say, because I was those other people. You don't think people are out here looking at your jewelry. You don't think you post on Instagram. I mean, like to me, Instagram is like Uber for robbers. It's like a way I can look at your Uber, I can look at your Instagram and see your jewelry. And then you're going to tell me where you're going to be, mm. you know, so. Or I can look at the picture the next day and you ain't got that same piece on. So I know it's at your crib. So my brain still has that criminal mentality and I kind of like can go there to make music. I can go there for acting. I can go there for other things. But truthfully, me, I'm like, you know, in the last scene of The Godfather, I'm out. I want to play with my grandchildren in the rose bushes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I, I mean, and I think. Most people from the underworld, they're trying to get to the green pastures. They're trying to get somewhere where they don't have to kind of look over their shoulders. So I'm at peace. And, and you're at my crib. I got fish aquariums. It's very mellow. It's, you know, brightly colored. It's not nothing negative around me anymore. I, I, and, and I don't even deal with negative people. I, like my friends even know, man, don't bring that around ice. You don't want to hear that, you know, because I know where that leads. Um. You know, you mentioned television and you, you mentioned, obviously you mentioned talking about being a, uh, an artist. Um, Law and Order's just finished its 17th year. Believe it or not, I can't believe it. How do you find time for Ice-T the MC to write? I don't. I don't. I don't write as much as I used to, to be honest. Uh, but if you give me a hot beat, I could write the record in a matter of an hour, you know, like within an hour. I don't. I kind of like the way, like when I first started, I, I didn't have, I didn't have my own music. So as a, a young MC just starting, I had to write hundreds and hundreds of rhymes, and I would hope I would get put on in the club, and they would just throw a beat on. I had a bunch of rhymes for that. But now, once you start making records, you write rhymes differently. You listen to beats, and then you kind of contour the rhyme to the beat. It adds to the flow of the rhyme. It makes it better. So. What I need is some, you know, producer to come over and drop me some beats. I can write on the spot. You know, um, real professional rappers can go in the studio and just almost write right there. But then I also keep a whole bunch of freestyle rhymes I write just to have in my clip in case I got to go on stage. Like I, I was just the other night I was at a. Naughty by Nature's show uh, 
in Indianapolis and who Vinny going to bring me on the stage. I got to bust some rhymes. Nobody wants to hear a record. Right, right. They want to hear. So you got to keep some on, on, on your hip just in case. You know? But it's not, you know, rule one, if you make records, never battle a rapper that hasn't made a record because they have an arsenal of raps no one's ever heard. They have tons and tons of stuff. They're waiting to get put on. So they got so much material where most of your material probably has gone out on records. So now, you know, you can't go to that because now you're coming off the record. That's a sin, you know, in live performance unless you're doing your show. So that's a rule. Like one, one of my rappers that I work with is named Trigger the Gambler. Trigger's from SMG, which is Smooth the Hustler, his brother. Smooth got the record deal. Trigger was signed to Def Jam but never got put on, right? He got, he got caught up in the mix with DMX and all that, and he ended up not finishing his deal. Never battle Trigger. Never battle Trigger. Trigger can stand over here in his house and rap for four hours. Wow. Yeah. Just so many rhymes and rhymes and rhymes that have never really gotten on wax, so... I would never do that. I'd be like, no, nah, I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, knowing from when you started and knowing to kind of seeing it all, seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of touched on this with an uh, interview with Davey D a while ago and when you were talking about your album, uh, Ice-T-6. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I want to get into that later. But knowing what you know now, what is is there a a key so for longevity for new rappers that come out and or and how important it is for them to have their kind of feet in other industries or parts of the industry well first off i'm an album artist you know i always i'm not a single artist i never really liked making singles i like making albums because i I like making 10 songs to kind of mesh together between stuff um I also think if you're a real artist, a new artist, try to get people to feel you and know you outside of the music. Like, not just you clowning on Instagram or clowning on YouTube. You know, I think that's why J. Cole has legs. I think because people kind of feel him as a person, you know. Take advantage of your interviews and make them more than just promo moments. To me, a star. So you could be a rapper or you could be a star. Pay attention. This is real shit. There's five points to a star in my book. It's your show. It's your video. It's your record. It's your what you say in the press. And fifth, one of the most important, how you treat people who physically meet you. Like you can have a a great video, but a whack show. Uh, You can have a, a great video and whack show, but the album sucks. You can have all three, but then in interviews, you sound like an idiot. Or you can have all four and then treat people like shit. You have to hit on all five of those, and then you can be a star. And what I mean by a star, you can transcend rap. They'll have you hosting different events. They're going to say, oh, have you come over here? Polo's doing an event. We want you over here versus being a rapper. Now, Queen Latifah is a star. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you break out of the mold of just what you do. And uh, you have to be sincere about those things. Um, 
You can only fool the people for a little while. Talent will last. Like if you're talented, uh, one person told me a long time, oh, I think it was ludicrous. He said, if you can be successful in anything, you probably can be successful in other things because it's 90% work ethic. I agree. You know, so anyone who if a professional basketball player, if he applies himself, probably could be successful someplace else because he understands how to win. Right. Yeah. So but then a lot of people kind of slip into the music business and get a hit record and they getting high and they kind of just floating in. And then it's gone before they know it because they just felt, I guess, entitled to be in this position. Um it's serious. It's, here's some pimping for everybody out there. From the Mac, there's only one thing harder than being the Mac, Tim. Stay in the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Can you dig it? Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, generational, uh, you have the new school and the old school, so the, the true school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this, and you talked about this on your podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Final Level. But when, when well, Mark, I'm, I'm acting like nobody's ever heard the Final Level podcast on yours, um, just for the hell of it. So when Macklemore dropped Downtown, right? Yes. Uh, which featured Melly Mel, uh, Kumo D, Grandmaster Kaz. There was a lot of blowback from people because they just felt that he wasn't the he shouldn't represent the the culture, old school, the like old school. But then there's also like Big Daddy Kane came out and said, "Well, at least he's." putting us on I, I i agree with big daddy kane you know i mean see macklemore is a is a is a, a a polarizing rapper for the simple fact he came out so big he was so successful and he got that award very quick the year they thought ken kendrick lamar should have got the award so therefore he's now back on his heels he's like well did i do something wrong i always say man I, he went in the studio just like everybody else you know he uh He might have got on pop radio a little bit easier than maybe a Big Daddy Kane could, but he put out some some decent records. Then he decides, you know what, maybe I'm going to pay tribute to some of these OGs who the game wouldn't be even around for if, you know, wasn't for them. I think that was an honorable thing. Uh, You know, I told people I wasn't really crazy about the song. I didn't like the guy singing all high-pitched in the hook. I was like, come on, man, calm down. (laughs) But... The fact Mel was on there, Cads, people that really were my, you know, like icons, people I looked up to in hip hop when I got in the game, I thought it was a a very powerful thing. Now, did he do it because he really respected him or did he do it as a political move? Hmm. Uh, I don't think he got enough power as a political move. It was more hate than positivity. I think he did it because he really respected him. I mean, one of his early records, he said something about Wu-Tang. You know, you can't just really get into hip-hop and not have listened to previous hip-hop. It's right, just, right. You know, you just can't rap and not say, you know, I mean, I meet so many artists today, there's like, man, I sat at home, I had bought three of your albums before I ever got my foot in the door. You know, so, I think he is a true hip-hop fan and he's just trying his luck on top of the beat. And you can't be mad at that. Why do you th- I mean, is there such a generation gap but because of, I mean, because of la- like something with a label, like labels not allowing newer artists to take on older artists? Or well, is it something it's, different? It's political as far as putting people on your records. When you sign a record deal, 
when you have a record deal, you're signing what's called an exclusive recording deal, which means you cannot record on another label. So basically, you're taking this label on as a pimp. The label says, I should sign to Warner Brothers if, uh, you know, KRS-One is on Polygram. The pimp's got to talk about it. Mm. You can't talk about it because you're exclusive to us. If that record's going to be on Polygram. Now, if the record's going to be on Warner, Polygram has to agree, and it becomes where the artists can't even call each other up and say, hey, man, let's make a record. Right. That's where the politics come in because you're signing an exclusive recording agreement. The reason labels do that is they don't want, you know, whoever's hot. They don't want Drake to run around and record on all these other artists when they're on these other labels when they gave him the truckload of money for the deal. They're like, hey, wait a minute, you're selling records for them. So it gets into gangbanging and shit. But it takes away a lot of the musicality. It takes away the fact Chuck could call me up and say, Ice, let's do a jam. And that's what spreads everybody out. Now that most artists are kind of like indie, everybody's jamming together again. When you hear all these mixtapes, you're hearing all these artists working because they're saying, fuck the label and let's do it. Now, the listener says, fuck the label, but you can't do it. They just think, oh, yeah, this fucking then you get sued and you don't get your royalties. And, you know, it's like people like people to be rebellious, like break the rules, but it's not them breaking them. It's easy to say, oh, Ice, why are you paying attention? Tell Dick Wolf to get fucked. No, no, dude, 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 dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. Don't, just let me handle my business. Right, and, right, I, yeah. I want, and also, it's, it's, it's kind of your word, too, which is you're agreeing to this, that you're not going to do records on other labels, and then you want to do them. Now, I did it. I made Warner Brothers so much money that when I would record with other people, they would never say anything. Maybe because some of my other records with other people didn't blow up. I'm sure if one of those records blew up, they would call, hey, hey, Ice, shouldn't we be getting some of that money? But they let me work with other people. It never became. See, a contract also is there, but they can pull it out when they want to. So you could be the executive, say Ice is breaking the contract, but Ice just got us a platinum record. Let it go. Right. Now, if, 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 if you want... You can pull the contract out, but it's petty when that happens. When people start pulling out contracts, shit is gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this time you're going to go on the, uh, the, the Art of Rap Festival. Yes. Before I get into that, um, do you remember your first live show and then also, or a live show, and then also which live shows have you seen or performers have you seen that you kind of take bits and pieces from? Everybody. Well, well, my first live show. I used to rap. I used to rap in garages. Like I, my friends, my DJ Evil E was a uh, was a um, had a group called the New York City Spin Masters, and they would play around town in garages. Like L.A., that's what where the party would be. You'd have the house, then the garages in the back, and then that whole driveway would be full of people, and that's a house party. Most times we wouldn't be up in the people's houses, and then they throw, and so they had the gigs, and I would go with them and rap, and that's how Ice T was getting his name around L.A. I would just pop up. I'm not even on the bill, but after the end of the night, everybody knew my name. Um, my first real show, I, well, here's another one. I, I did a rap contest at Carolina West, and Curtis Blow 
was the judge and I won. <laughs> wow. And, and that was a, a, a pivotal moment in my career because I'm still in the streets hustling. I just had a few raps under my belt. And to get up there in a sh- a con- at a contest, which I wasn't even planning on going. It was just like middle of the night in the club. And they like, we got to do a rap contest. And I'm like, you know, my homies was like, go, go, go. And I did it and I won. But Curtis Blow was a real rapper. Did you he know was- he was going to be there? No, yeah, I didn't. No, I don't. I don't think we came there for Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow was in the house, right, you know. Okay. And then they was like, Curtis Blow is here, and we're gonna do a rap contest. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm, so I get in there and I'm rhyming, and uh, he said I won. And for Curtis Blow, like I say, a real live rapper at this time, he had Christmas rap out. He was the shit. I'm like, I, he thought I was that good. That kind of like made me really think like. Shoot, you know, I could have lost that and I could be in prison today. Mm. You know, I could have right, been yeah. like, nah, I ain't rapping. But he knows it and I've told him many times and uh it was one of those moments that uh blew my mind. Now as far as taking stuff from other people, I'm that artist that sits on the side of the stage through the whole concert tour. When I go out, when I'm on rock band out on my rock tour with with body count, I'm on the side of Cannibal Corpse stage. I'm on the side of Suicide Silence. I'm on the side of everybody who's performing. Just to, you learn two things. You learn what not to do. Mm. You learn what to do. You learn what works. And you're not going to bite, but you can become inspired. You can see, like I remember one of the nights, I remember we were in Montreal and I stood on the side of stage, the Lamb of God. And there's this thing they do in metal called the wall of death. And I've seen walls of death, but I've never seen. This is when, for all you hip-hop fans, they split the pit into two sides and separate the crowd to where the whole front of the stage is empty. And there's two walls of people on two sides. And then, you know, that's usually during the breakdown of a song everybody likes. And then when the breakdown drops, they just run at each other. And it's crazy. And there's usually a one or two fools standing in the middle waiting. <laughs> just And it's just mad. And I saw, I saw Lamb of God do the most pristine wall of death in Montreal. And, and it was funny because Randy, the singer, he, he came off the side of the stage and he had them all backed up. And he was drinking water, and he comes over to me and Coco. He goes, "Watch this ice! Watch this! Watch this! Watch this!" Thing. And then they, and the shit, bam! I was like, "Yo, that shit is dope." But of course, touring with Public Enemy, we're gonna be out there with on with them. On. We got some of the best performers out here. You know, we're gonna, you're gonna get a chance to see Public Enemy, which is to me the 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 piece de resistance of hip hop. It's like there's nothing like P.E., especially with Flavor Flav. Now they got a band, and, you know, it's it's just public enemy. You know, you got to go see that. With Griff and the S1Ws and the whole shit, it's bananas. And then you get to see Naughty by Nature, who Tretch is one of the most powerful spitters. People just underestimate what Tretch is live. And he he rapped his ass off, and Vinny's incredible. And they put on a whole hip-hop celebration show. And then, you know, Mob Deep, they, you know, you're just in the presence of some ill, the music of Mob Deep and the whole attitude of P and have is just so gangster coming out of Queensbridge. It's just something to behold. So I like Big Daddy Kane isn't on this one, but Kane gets out there and busts splits and shit. And, you know, I love EP. Still still does splits. Still does splits. LL. 
you know, my, my old school nemesis, you can't fuck with LL on stage. LL's a beast, you know. LL's coming out of his shirt and ripping shit, you know, ripping, ripping mics. You know what I'm saying? So KRS-One, um, you know, that's old school and stuff. And uh, I've seen Kendrick Lamar perform dope. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, like I say, I'm a big fan of uh, Lupe Fiasco. I love Young Jeezy. I love Hot Boys. I love the whole, the whole situation. Uh, my thing is, what do you do after your hit records? You know, a lot of rappers can get up there and they got that one song on the radio and then it's just downhill for there, you know, and they're just kind of walking around back and forth. So, you know, N.W.A., put on a crazy show ice cube and dub c um to me a good mc takes you into his world like you'll know immediately that's their stage and they're gonna do whatever they want to and you're gonna follow suit so you know i love i love great performers and uh you know my ice tea show I mean, people that have seen it, you know, nobody, never, ne- never had anybody say nothing bad about my shows. I always give you 110%. And we're working on a brand new show for the Art of Rap Festival because I got to go on in front of PE. I'm going on in front of Public Enemy, so I can't come out there slouching. So I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta have my beats up. I got to be ready. <laughs> is, it, is it important for you to, like, have already... And you mentioned uh, Naughty by Nature. You mentioned Public Enemy. Obviously, there's Mob Deep. EPMD, MC Light, is it important? How important if, is it important for you to have you seen their show prior to no. them having them on the bill? No, not not at all, not at all. I mean, I've seen enough rap shows, so I know what people do and I know what people don't do. Uh, I know the tricks, you know. Like we used to have these, we used to do these things they call show savers. You know what a show saver is? No. That's when you start throwing shit into the audience. That's when you're trying throwing. Who wants a T-shirt? <laughs> That's a show saver. Another show saver is when you yell out the next group's name to get the screen that's that's a you know so you know you're dying on stage yo you ready for public enemy you know you just and then they finally scream you're like okay i'm gonna get a screen during my set some kind of way even if i got to yell out the next motherfucker you know so there's a lot of lot of lot of shit that uh that can go i think now with with all the electronics there's a lot less record skipping. I remember we used to come out and it was a thing like, were you going to use a DAT machine? Were you going to use playback? How real was it? But then the records would skip. And when the, and when the records would skip, it would be bad. Now, I'm an I'm a artist that only raps over instrumentals. I, I'm not coming out there rapping over my vocal. Only reason I could see rap over your vocal is if you're in a club and they throw your record on and they want you to rhyme with it they just happen to throw colors on and you're just singing along with it but in a concert i want to hear the mc's voice i want to hear the vocals i want to hear rakim do what i've loved hearing him do live so that's why i come to a concert so i'm I'm, we're doing live vocals and uh you can mess up of course if the record skips you can fuck up but uh it doesn't matter, man. You got to keep the momentum and the energy going. How long is the, the tour for? Well, what happened with the Art of Rap was, uh, since we're talking about the Art of Rap tour now, after I did the movie, The Art of Rap, it was a, an incredible response. And people were like, you should make a TV show. You should do this. You should do another one. You should add to it. And I was like, you know what? That's for you to do. I, 
Hey, Max, Max, kick him again. Max, Max, if you want to sleep, Max, King Maximus, he's a motherfucker. <laughs> he's a mother. Now, now, Spark decides to lay right under the table. Yeah, once again, we're at my house with my dogs, and this is really their house. They're looking at Tim like, you're telling me not to sleep? So deal with the snoring. Hopefully it's not going too deep in the mic. <laughs> but uh, I think that's how he feels about my interview. But, um, so they wanted to do a TV show of it. And I was like, we know what that's for you to do. People say, you should do one of Down South. I'm like, that's for you to do. So I think there's way more documentaries in the tune of The Art of Rap. But I like, you know, I kind of dropped the mic. I did that. And I really want to move on and direct features and other things. Now, we still have the brand. So Mickey, who's my partner, who was the executive producer along with me on the film, who helped me get all these artists together, like, I had the camera crew. Somebody had to be on the phone, like, saying, Ice needs you here, this, that, and the other. Mick did that. So I said, Mickey, you're, you're a promoter. You've run agencies. Take this tour. I mean, take the art of rap and let's make a tour. Let's use old school and new school people that we respect and put them on the bill. And we'll do a tour with people that don't have records on commercial radio right now, just artists, but they all have gold and platinum records. So we did two last year, sold out 15,000 people in two different arenas, and um, we got help from a guy named John Reese. John Reese is a, a big-time promoter who does – I met him doing Guns N' Roses. So he's on that side of the field. He also did the Mayhem Fest. He does Not Fest. He does all these big fests. So he knew how to do it. He is a big IC fan, big hip-hop fan. And he helped us put it together with Live Nation. So this year we come back with eight, eight shows, uh, which I think now have turned into 10 shows. Because what happens is when you say you want to do this tour, people go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then when the tickets start selling, people, you know, other people in different regions, like, I want to buy the tour. Because people want to, they don't believe in it at first. So now we've got a lot of shows. Um, the head the, the headliners are public enemy the roster changes in different different areas deciding on how big the arena is but i'm going to be out there for pretty much all of them and uh i plan on having fun i love mc light mc light was like with me backstage the first time we both performed in the latin quarter she was scared as shit i was scared as shit <laughs> and uh you know, uh, it was funny. We were standing backstage and Red Alert was on the, on the mic in the Latin Quarter. Attention, there are girls snatching ropes in here tonight. Beware, there are girls <laughs> snatching ropes. So it was one of those nights. <laughs> it was one of those nights. So we're just looking to have some good shows out there and have some good fun and uh, keep hip-hop alive. Before we, uh, before we finish up, I... Kind of ask you a few more questions. Uh, we got plenty of time now, Tim. You're in my house. We're kicking. <laughs> we can eat a sandwich or something. We can chill. Uh, this Saturday, June 4th, it's going to be um, Ice-T-6, Return of the Real, will return uh, 20. It'll be the 20th anniversary. It's crazy. Uh, in an interview with DVD, it seemed like, when you talked about it, it seemed like this album really signified a turning point for you. Um, you told DVD that the album was on some real Ice-T stuff. Uh, and that it didn't matter if controversy followed because, quote, I've hit this level of success where I'm more dangerous than ever because I don't have to sell a certain amount of records. Yes. After the release of the album, um, did that mindset 
did having that mind type of I've mindset? I've had that mindset, really. I've had that mindset ever since home invasion. And, you know, there's a pro and a con. There's one pro that when you're really, really hungry, you're so concerned about making this hit record that you're on it 110%. And there's another one that says, well, once you pass that and you now financially are straight, you can't make another good record. I did Return of the Real in my house. I had my own recording studio. I had uh, people able to come through and, and pop up and, uh, you know, jump on the record and have some fun. I used DJ Ace uh, out of L.A. to do a lot of production. I was just in my groove at that time. Uh, I think Home Invasion happened right during the cop killer controversy, so it was kind of hectic and sporadic. I, didn't, I, I mean, I was just mad at everything. Wow, you know, shit. But then by the time I did Return to Real, I was just like back in my groove, just talking my shit. And, uh, you know, it's got some good songs on there. I think, you know, the thing of it is when you do a bundle of songs like an album, if you can pull out of it three good records, it's a great accomplishment. But then a real ice tea fan is going to eat up every track. They're going to be like, yo. So I put on, like I said earlier, I'm an album artist. I want to put on an album and just ride to it like a Sade album. I want you to be able to go from one track to the next track. You're going to have favorites. But I wanted to roll smoothly. So that was the one we did with the Roman numerals with the bullet holes through it. And the fact that you're telling me 20 years is crazy. It's like I did so many records that every month it's an anniversary. <laughs> I mean, it's so many, like, go, oh, yeah, well, you know, OG, 25 years, you know, oh, Brian Page is 30 years. So I'm just like, yo, so 20 years on that one. It's crazy, but it seems like yesterday. It seems like yesterday. And then I slowed down making albums. I did, you know, I did after that, I did The Seventh Deadly Sin, which was kind of fun. And then I recently, well, recently, six years ago, I did the gangster rap album. And people ask me now, they're like, well, you going to do another rap album? I'm like, I'm not really motivated right now to do a rap album. I have to get inspired. Like, I got inspired when I listened to Scarface's album. When I listened to when I listened to you know deeply rooted, I wanted to do a record, and I talked to Face about it. And Face like I produced all those tracks. I'll produce you an album. And I'm like, you know what? I put you in a hotel out here in a month. Mean you can knock an album out. Um, it's possible, but you know I might wait a few years till I'm sixty and just make an album at sixty years. <laughs> Be the oldest rapper. You know? Like when I say I got a rhyme, I say what I say, I'm the old school nigga with the gray hair paralyzed, still have you killed from a wheelchair. I think that if you ever could rap, it's not something you lose. I, I don't think that I think that uh Miles Davis could play the trumpet as well the day he died. You dig? I don't think Quincy Jones could produce I think he'll produce for the rest of his life. I don't think singers lose it. I don't think, you know, it's it's it's, it's not like football where you got to run and nothing like that. You know, you just got to somehow use your voice and your brain. And um, now, could I make a record that would hit the top of the charts? I think I could under another name. I think I could put out a record that could be so dope that it would hit before they figured out who the fuck I was. Because I don't feel the resistance to me. See, I think there's a resistance to old school artists. Let's, let me go there for a minute. I think that no matter how dope Nas makes a record right now, they might not want to spin it. 
just because he, Nas ain't necessarily in the club right now. They'll still spin Jay. They'll still spin Kanye. But they may not ever spin a Big Daddy Kane or a Public Enemy or, you know, whoever else again because they have new artists which need to fill up those, those places. But if I went off to Europe and I rock, rock with, say, Prodigy or somebody and call myself, you know, ill master will or some shit you know and you know just people be like that's just dope that sounds like iced tea though but that you know and, and they, so it'll be the same style i mean we'll be the same it would be, it could be a different style. same style it could be a different style because i got a lot of styles you heard analog brothers i could i could flip it but i could do some other shit and it could hit but I, but I would do it as a, as a, as a, as a, a, a ghost name you know you got ghost writers right. like, like ghost names like be like Hold up, that's Rakim, you know. <laughs> but you, because that way you could bypass the resistance of radio. And I'm not saying it's hate. See, the thing of it is, is I've been on the cover of so many magazines. I've done my thing. I've gotten my accolades. I'm not mad anyone else is on the cover of the magazines. It's only right. It's time for them, you know. So God bless them and stuff. But at the same time, I think that there is a little resistance to playing a classic artist. Will they ever play an LL record on the radio again in rotation, no matter how good LL Cool J is? So maybe you might have to come up with a little, another name. And I put an album cover out with some little kids and shit standing there looking crazy. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, this is a new GS9, motherfucker. We never heard of this little nigga like that. Before I know it, I got a hit record. And I come out, ha-ha, nigga, it's me. <laughs> You know, so but but music is music, and um, I just have fun. You know, I got some I got some treats on the on the uh, on the art of rap tour. To some unexpected shit I'm doing with some new school stuff that's gonna catch people off guard. They're gonna be like, "Oh shit," you know. So we'll see. Secret shit. You obviously had a you know you have a have a huge discography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there ever do you ever look at your go back and look at your discography or even look at new stuff you've written and are still kind of like in awe that you like that you wrote a ver- this type of verse like is there a verse out there that you're like oh shit I can't believe I wrote that well you know what it is it's like um, it's so much stuff that sometimes people have to say that song's my favorite for me to go back and revisit it and go yeah yeah you know, I, I, I somebody on Twitter just sent me this thing where they went through all my records, and I read, I wrote, I said, I read the whole article, and I impressed myself. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a lot of a lot of music. My my music is for a particular type of listener: people that want information, people that like the per, the person that would like reading, you know, uh, a Mac and Gangster. Uh, or, or, or some Donald Goins shit or some real hustler shit will really dig into my music. You know, I mean, if you want party music, if you want something different, you ain't going to dig it. It's not for you. My stuff is for players. I, you know what it is? I always rap to myself. Like, my target audience was another dude just like me. Mm. That was, I never rapped to girls. I never rapped to squares. I never rapped 
to people, even though a lot of my shit was attempting to define things like some of y'all niggas is bitches too, or straight up nigga, or I was trying to divide or hustler or, 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 you know, what a player really is or what a high roller is. It's like their definitions. Uh, I think, you know, in the beginning of power, I define iced tea. I say I'm living large as possible. Posse's unstoppable style. Topical, vividly optical. Listen, you'll see them. Sometimes I'll be them. That's it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's breaking it down. That's what I do. Sometimes I become the character that I'm talking about. And if you listen hard enough, I want you to see it. It's vividly optical. So that's the Ice-T style. And, you know, Chuck says, uh, he says I'm one of the better storytellers. So One of my favorite records is called The Fifth. And uh, it's a song that we deal with a guy who's trying to get in the syndicate. And it's a gangster movie, you know. And, it, it, and in the middle of it, it has a cinematic moment with this guy cross me and I have to murder him in the middle of the song and stuff. Blood flows like sands of the hourglass. Cash moves everything. Bitches and G-strings. Gats flash and muggers make cream on a stick move. Incru- improve your dope flow. Come max with the long dough. High rolling back breaking plot diggers. The ill niggas. Comanche style blood letting weapons of death. Stop your breath if you flip on the click. Uh, a hot thump to your chest and your back just rips. You want to be a made man? The fam accepts no mistakes. Chop the bodies. Lots of funeral wakes. Make your bones. Bring a rat back dead just ahead. A cop's better. Use this Beretta. Snitch bet your bitch in a pre-dug ditch. Because I command a whole battalion of life takers. It's some other shit. I when I say I, I oh, some other shit play it. A cop's better use this Beretta. Snitch bet your bitch you in a pre-dug ditch. Cause I command a whole battalion of life takers. Plus the other bosses wanna see your guts. Check your nut. Dump the body in the desert. Here's the keys to a truck. Me, I'm overloaded, born hard and scarred. Crime intellect, more complex and nerves in your spinal cord. Bank job, my fourth day. Nut off a gunplay. Hostage taker. I killed my brother with a salt shaker. He tried to short me a buck. What the fuck? A nigga that lies is a nigga that dies. No cries for the punk. He got trunked and bombed. Since he tried to steal, I chainsawed his arms. I drank blood from a cup when I wanted in. Plus, the bosses up north made me kill my friend. They told me, this ain't no game, kid, you in it. Get down with the syndicate, but never admit it. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of my favorite songs. And that's not everybody's favorite, but I, I like the, 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 the cinematics of it, the whole breakdown of the game. And it's, and, and the whole hook is, you know, uh, who is this? And then the voice says the syndicate does not exist. Coming off where the mob used to yeah, always yeah. say the mob does not exist. It was fun. I think to me... Music should be entertaining, and I always thought with an Ice-T album, it's not meant to be danced to, and we used to use beats that you couldn't dance to, because I was the nigga that was like, you know, you motherfuckers dancing around and shit, we trying to get money, so (laughs) my music was like, sit in the cut with your drink and your girl, and listen to this book. Right, okay. Listen to the game. Don't be dancing around when motherfuckers is talking. So that was that was my intent. And we intentionally used beats you couldn't dance off. Ice T. 
Thank you so much for joining me at the library with Tim Einigel. Perfect place to stop. Peace. Come to the Art of Rap concerts. Uh, you know, we just added a new one in Frisco. It's going to be crazy. Art of Rap Festival 2016. Thanks, Tim. Always. Thank you. Church. Cops on the take. I got moves to make. Feds ain't that easy, I still got them to shake. They had my man's bitch wired for a month and a half. Snatched my nigga up in Aspen, bails five million. Bounced him out in an hour, power. Went and met him quick, hit him with an ice pick. Can't take no chances, he romancing with whores. No telling what he spilt when behind closed doors. Defense protection and loyalty is top priority. Violate, your body is found in three states. Cargo is heat on a Hong Kong cruiser. Glocks and Z4 contacts Yakuza. No cash, they want a ton of crystal meth. High risk will bring more riches than the national debt. We launder money through the SNLs and pro ball teams. Ain't no business untouched when it comes to cream. Documents forged for my hitters from Jamaica. In and out of town before you hit the ground. This is the mob, baby. Now you're on. No off switch. Suffocation, throat lacerations, you snitch. Motherfucker, now you're in for life. Rat on the fam and we'll kill your wife. Fuck up a scam and you'll feel the knife. Who is this? The syndicate does not exist. Motherfucker, now you're down for life. Rat on the fam and we'll kill your wife. Fuck up a scam and you'll feel the knife. Who is this? The syndicate does not exist. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.